Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, giving you my take on the biggest stories of the week. And this week, Trump was in Poland. He was in Europe. Uh, He made a big speech in Poland, referenced... uh, Russia's destabilization of Ukraine. I just, I read earlier in the show a Wall Street Journal article from today, but I could probably pick any Wall Street Journal article from the past three years and have them say how uh, Russia invaded Crimea and that is proof of their aggression. The touchstone to justify anybody's fear of Russia on the left or the right isn't the Russian hacking. It goes before that. The Russian hacking, which I don't believe in, by the way. It goes back to this idea that Russia destabilized Ukraine and annexed Crimea, which is false. So we were, have been talking about it throughout the show. And, uh, and here, finally, I'm going to give you the smoking guns. I want to give you a little bit of timeline first so you understand where this is coming from. Uh, earlier in the show, I played a clip. If you missed any of this, go. you can check out the podcast on PropagandaReportDaily.com. Earlier in the show, uh, I played a clip from December 13th, 2013 of Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Nuland. She had just gotten off the plane from Ukraine. She was speaking to a room, uh, the National Press whatever club, and the two logos behind her, one was Exxon and one was Chevron. And she said... The U.S. government spent $5 billion, along with our partners like you, in trying to influence the president of Ukraine to do to go our way, to turn towards Europe. Well, on December 18th, so right after that, Yanukovych, the democratically elected president of Ukraine, announced that he was going with Russia. Russia gave him a better deal. He gave him bonds. He gave him what he needed uh, for his country, which was in dire straits because Yanukovych was not a good president. And they do not have uh, they have a lot of corruption there. I'm not defending them. But he made the right choice for Ukraine to turn towards Russia. And that triggered Newland. The EU was willing to take it slow. But Newland said, nah, she wanted to. She wanted regime change. She wanted to get rid of that guy. She wanted to put her own guys in. And she started plotting that in this, what is a leaked phone call from January 28th, 2014. So you had her, I think we're going to get this guy, December 13th. Then he comes out and says, nope, I'm going with Russia, December 18th. January 28th, here is a call. Now, who leaked it? Probably Russia, you know, but, that, but the proof is in the pudding. 
This is Victoria Nuland, the Assistant Secretary of State of the U.S., plotting with the U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt, on replacing the government of Ukraine, which was not under pressure at this time. So when you hear about the revolution, when you hear about the uprising in the Maidan, that was after this. So let's get into these clips. Let's start with clip one. I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. He's he's the guy, you know, what he needs is Cleach and Tani Book on the outside. He needs to be talking to them four times a week, you know. I, I, I just think Cleach going in, he's going to be at that level working for Yatsenyuk. It's just not going to work. Okay. So she is talking about who she is going to install in front of the cameras and behind the scenes in uh, in Ukraine. Binkley, my producer, you cut these clips. What were you? Does this, was this news to you, or am I? Is this not even interesting to you? As like a normal person, is it interesting because of the way this Russia thing plays out in the U.S. right now? It's absolutely interesting to me because that's the whole reason people are wearing pink hats and marching <laughs> up and down the street. Right. And when I first heard this, she says it in such a matter of fact, this is yeah. just how we operate all the time manner. Yeah. It's so arrogant. And and here's the thing. Yats, her buddy Yats, was, despite this, installed right. as the prime minister for two years in Ukraine right after after the overthrow. Yats was the guy they put in. Klitsch is Klitschko. He's a world-famous boxer. I think he retired as heavyweight belt to um, go into politics in Ukraine. He then right after this, shortly after became the mayor of Kiev, which he still is. Tani Book, who she's talking about, that guy is a Nazi. Like literally a (laughs) neo-Nazi. Yes, he was the head of the Socialist Nationalist Party in Ukraine. He is when people talk about the Nazis in Ukraine, they're talking about this guy and his crowd. Obviously, so he's behind the scenes. They're having four conversations a week with these guys because they control it. And and it actually happened. That's what's so interesting to me. But there's yeah, God. Uh, That's they're just so casually talking about how they're going to dictate what happens in this foreign country. And she is she is married to Robert. Kagan, who's a very influential think tank guy at Brookings Institution, and she um, she's very poised. She's a diplomat of the highest order, you know. Like, and I'm not saying that in a good way. Like, I don't think dipl- diplomats are there to make war. She's and this a good is liar. Proof, yeah. But she is, you know, so uh, poised and dignified. So to hear her like super, super high class accents, you know, going for, uh, just, just slapping people around. And I guess she outranks the ambassador to Ukraine because he's kissing her butt. But let's, let's listen to the rest of some of the rest of the call. This is, uh, let's hear clip two. One more wrinkle for you, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, can't remember if I told you this or if I only told Washington this, that when I talked to Jeff Feltman this morning, he had a new name for the U.N. guy, Robert Seri. Did I write yeah. you that this morning? Yeah, okay. I saw that. He, he's now gotten both Seri and Ban Ki-moon to agree that Seri could come in Monday or Tuesday. Okay. So that would be great, I think, to help glue this thing and have the U.N. help glue it and, you know, the E.U. So if you'd ever heard of these clips, you probably heard that part because she used vulgarity and that's how the mainstream media kind of whitewashed this. I had to breathe a sigh of relief, Binkley, because I, I'm looking at the transcript and I'm like, oh, no, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> Don't play that. Thank you for bleeping it. So um, so she, so what she said, she is not only deciding who's going to be running Ukraine. 
she's telling the UN what to do. I mean, right. Feltman is a UN guy. Sari was, I think, an ambassador in Jerusalem. He got kicked out of Jerusalem at some point. I think but he was an ambassador to Ukraine at the time. No, the ambassador to Ukraine was Jeffrey Pyatt. Oh, right, yeah. Jeff Feltman was, uh, and still is, if I'm not mistaken, this Undersecretary General for Political Affairs in the UN. So yeah. at the time, he worked for Ban Ki-moon. Now he works for the other guy. Uh, and then Robert Sari is just a deep state actor. Um <laughs> I'm sure he's quite interesting because there's almost nothing about him right. on the internet. So those guys are coming over there to help glue this thing. So that just shows, like, That's for anybody who looks up to the UN as like, oh, thank goodness, uh, I don't think so. That so, language, glue this thing together, it's so, I mean, it sh- it reveals their intentions, in my opinion. Now, now, the next clip, the next clip, actually, um... The next clip is the big, big one. Let's do that. The next clip is where they actually, they, it's very clear that anything Russia does is a foreseeable, provoked reaction and nothing more. Clip three. No, exactly. And I think we've got to do something to make it stick together because you can be pretty sure that if it does, if it does start to gain altitude, the Russians will be working behind the scenes to try to torpedo it. As they should. They have an arm's length transaction with this guy. They're just selling gas because they have government owned gas. I'm not, if or whatever, government controlled, I don't know. I'm not in favor of governments making economic decisions like this, (laughs) but you know. How dare they try to torpedo our attempt to manipulate the countries that they're involved in? overthrow a democratically elected government that made an economically sound decision on behalf of the people. Yeah. I mean, you know, and she's standing there with Exxon and Chevron behind her saying, we've spent $5 billion trying to get to this guy. You know, like, or I think we got him. You know, it's like, no, he didn't. And he's, they're, they're totally corrupt. I mean, even Putin says, like, I don't even want this guy in Russia, but I can't send him to the wolves. So, uh, do we have time? Yeah, let's do it. The, the last one just shows how... I love this one. Uh, oh, you love this one? Yeah. This is This is really shows that Newland, who is... You have to think of Robert Kagan and his family in there. They, they are very powerful. Very influential, if not directly powerful. But I would say the way she's talking, this is real power. Who Who's calling the shots at uh, this one? This is uh, clip four. We want to try to get somebody with an international personality to um, come out here and help to midwife this thing. And then the other, the other issue is some kind of outreach to Yanukovych, but we probably regroup on that tomorrow as we see how things start to fall into place. So on that piece, Jeff, uh, when I wrote the note, uh, Sullivan's come back to me uh, VFR saying, you need Biden, and I said, probably tomorrow for an attaboy and to get the deeds to stick. So okay. Biden's willing. Yay! That- <laughs> Biden's willing to help midwife this thing. Oh, and didn't Joe Biden's son go and run the oil company? I don't know. Over there? Probably. Oh, yes. I think right now they are personally profiting from this. Uh, yeah, so she's telling Joe Biden, hey, hey, come over here. You know, this is what I want you to do, buddy. Yeah, that, that term, midwife, they want to birth a new government in their likeness Ooh. over there, you know? Which is just, but it's not, you know, this Oberman was like, we are the ones who are the oppressed. You know, Russia is the evil Britain. Who looks like the colonial power here? Who looks like that? And, uh, but it gets actually quite, quite tragic and immoral uh, and deadly 
after this. So stay tuned. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. So, uh, Binkley, you just heard... Uh, these clips that I've referred to before, here's what we've been talking about. I know you're really deep into this um, kind of like a covert operator in the indivisible world, right? You keep <laughs> yeah. abreast of the infiltrated. Pink, pink hat. You've demonstrated? I've infiltrated. Oh, <laughs> I was like, dude, you're really going into the belly of the beast. Pink hat. <laughs> They're going to have pictures of you, facial recognition. <laughs> uh oh. So, uh, and we played. A clip that you found from Keith Olbermann earlier about how they rile people up to... I've noticed this actually started with George W. Bush and the Hanging Chad, which I know <laughs> does sound like a, <laughs> like a porn star or whatever. Um, that's Flor- in Florida, like delegitimized the Bush presidency. And then the birther issue about Obama delegitimized the Obama now we have foreign interference in the election as attempt to delegitimize Trump. I actually think that if Cruz, that that an essential element of Cruz, if Cruz was simply a deep state operative, a, the- a theatrical production as well, would have been the legitimacy of his Canadian birth. But I, I feel like uh, this the only thing that Trump's illegitimacy could possibly rest on, or at least according to the official narrative, is this idea that Russia interfered with the election. And I think the reason people find that to be plausible is Russia's recent history, which has been presented to us as infiltrating Ukraine. So it's so the two big things in my mind are that he annexed Crimea and that he, um, I guess, is adopted. Oh, that's what it said in the journal today. Adopted Assad in Syria. But Syria asked him to come in. Right. So, okay. So he asked him to come in. And then with Crimea, as I mentioned earlier, if you talk about a government being uh, the consent of the governed or like in the Declaration of Independence, when in the course of human affairs, do I know not? Do I not know my uh, the course of human events? If that's because I had the Declaration of Independence right next to me on my desk. You always do. <laughs> I always do. It's got tabs on it, my constitution. <laughs> so Don't you tell me you have to have tabs on it. You can't just have one. If you don't have tabs, if it's not crumpled up and wrinkled and has like a lot of, you know, spelling correction, <laughs> if you haven't don't have a deeply loved copy of this, and I, this is like uh, my absolute bare minimum. I, I'm actually, I think that this is a very severe compromise. The Constitution was highly limiting to our liberties, but if you believe the Declaration of Independence, what Crimea did. They 85% of the people voted and 95% of them voted for joining Russia because Ukraine had been destabilized by the West. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Saturday is from 3 to 6 and I'm trying to give a little history on the why everybody thinks Russia is the new Russia. You know, like <laughs> the Soviet Union was dead and buried, and now it's like they cast about for another enemy, um, and nothing really fit the bill like Russia did. But I think it's an enemy that we have created, and both sides, you never hear in the mainstream media or from the 
politicians the real backstory. So I people ask me all the time, do you think, or recently they've been asking me this quite a lot, do you think the mainstream media is really fake news? And I have to say, 75% of it isn't. There's it's tons and tons of facts. The spin is the spin, and the spin is always not what I agree with because I'm a hardcore libertarian, but... And they always talk about government solutions, the left and the right, which I don't buy into. I always say, look at the problem, the government policy that caused the problem and eliminate that. And then you'll you don't have to have a policy position going forward. But uh, but they but they never tell you the real. So so 75 percent of the media is, I I think, has actual information. But the 25 percent that's that's lies are really egregious lies and they're almost always about foreign policy because we can't double check it as Irving Kristol said uh, in his book The Autobiography of an Idea Neoconservatism he said the American people have no idea about foreign policy they need to be uh, guided by the elite that's your job this is almost a direct quote Uh, so and I actually have that in a review I wrote on uh, com. It's Irving Crystal. It's got a lot of smoking guns there. But that's the thing that really keeps the military-industrial complex going, that which Eisenhower warned us about, about all our money, all our effort, about killing and stealing in the name of this, uh, you know, for the purposes of the military-industrial complex, which I define primarily as... Uh, the financial, energy, and defense industries, but then there's another tier, which is big tech, big farm, big pharma, all that stuff. But the the ones that the foreign policy are designed to foster are these three, and that's when you get these false memes, even in the mainstream media. They will blatantly lie. In the Wall Street Journal today, they said uh, one of the... On the editorial page, it said that... Was it invade Crimea? Uh, He seized Crimea. That Putin seized Crimea. That's on the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal. Putin seized Crimea, which was the most scrutinized, uh, almost unanimous election I have ever heard about. (laughs) And, And it was in modern times. There was no evidence that it was anything but legitimate. But they so those are the lies that you're getting. In the mainstream media, the ones that you cannot check, which is why I think our founders said, yes, stop foreign policy on the water's edge. God gave us these huge oceans. We can use them to live a moral existence where you don't have to kill and steal from the rest of the world. But we do it anyway. And uh, and you're not hearing the true story. So what I just played in the last half hour, which you, you can go get the podcast if you need it from PropagandaReportDaily.com, is clips of Victoria Nuland, the Assistant Secretary of State, plotting with Jeffrey Pyatt, the ambassador to Ukraine, the overthrow of the democratically elected government of Ukraine. That was in January 2014. She was actually talking about the government they were going to install once they got rid of the other guy. Right after that, right as that was January 28th. Uh, well, let's see if anybody wants to do a little back and forth. I'm happy to do it. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, I know we got a kind of funny uh, little message from JB that uh, we should share. Yeah. 
JB, she sent us, uh, she sends us Gab sometimes. I think it's Gab.ai. Yeah. And she said, today's show is an eat your vegetables and you'll be strong kind of show, which is why I like it. But man. <laughs> Sorry, I know. To have a history lesson is a little a little much for a Saturday afternoon running to Publix, like getting it out of the, what I miss. You know, get out of the car. It's like, yeah. wait, 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 wait. We we overthrew the government of Ukraine? <laughs> I, I must have missed something. You're turning their worlds upside down. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, this is I, I've gotten emails before that said I've only gone through the podcast once, but so far <laughs> that is not what like terrestrial radio is supposed to be about so my apologies if i if it's too dense um you might have to go back and listen to the podcast but but uh this was so i'm here's the big payoff and it and it's you thought that was intense listen to this so so that was these guys plotting the new government of ukraine but how did they affect that how did they get a new guy how did they get the old guy to run away yanukovych what happened was there was an uprising in the Maidan, the square, I don't know, in, uh, I believe, the uprising, was it on February 14th, uh, maybe February 28th, I forget, that is one little detail, I forget, but in February, the, uh, it must have been mid, mid-February, basically the, that, the, the democratically elected president like ran away and he was charged with murder if they got him back they would have uh you know probably executed him i don't know what their laws are like but but what happened was there was an uprising in the square and he's being accused of murder because supposedly the police the government on his orders which he definitely did not order this i think that is absolutely in the record he did not order them to shoot on the people he ordered them not to but he was charged and, and fled because they said the government, you know, agents, the police, whatever, shot to death the protesters in the square. And then, um, I guess, in retaliation, the official story goes, the protesters fought back and some of the police also died. And what happens is, if you once you get that kind of escalation, you, you have a real riot on your hands. So if people start dying on both sides you're going to have a free-for-all. And that's basically what happened. A lot of people died. There's a lot of looting and shooting and burning, and it was a really terrible time. A lot of people died. So uh, so that's what he was on the run for, and basically, very shortly thereafter, YATS <laughs> was put in place. But listen to this really uh, two very telling clips from a conversation between Catherine Ashton, who was the EU foreign affairs spokeswoman, so she's another like super polished diplomat. She was speaking to the Estonian foreign minister. Estonia is one of those is like another satellite country, former Soviet satellite country nearby. And uh, this highly diplomatic EU chick is saying to the Estonian guy uh, that she told the remaining governments in Ukraine, you know, kind of how to handle this. And she's coaching them through this difficult time. So that's going to be the first clip, but stay tuned because the second clip will knock your socks out. Let, knock your socks off. Let's hear clip six first. I said to the part of the region's people, you have to go and lay flowers where the people died. You have to show mm-hmm. that you understand what you have, what has happened here. Absolutely. Because that, cause what you're experiencing is anger 
of people who've seen the mm. way that Yanukovych lived and the corruption, and they assume you're all the same. Mm. And also the people who've lost people and who feel that, you know, he ordered that to happen. There's quite a mm. lot of shock, I think, in the city, a lot of sadness and shock, and that's going to come out in some very strange ways if they're not careful. So she's telling him how she's trying to manipulate behind the scenes, how to get people on board with the remaining government, who I think she obviously feels like is under control. But she said there are people who have lost people, so some of those who have died, and they think that Yanukovych ordered that to happen. So here's the Estonian foreign minister giving her, uh, I think, uh, a little shock to the system about what really happened. So let's, this is, he's, this is the same phone call, clip seven. Oh, no clip seven, sorry. Uh, Oh, but it was the absolute, it was the absolute killer. Let's see if we can scramble and get clip seven. But um, it's better to hear it in person, but let me read it to you. It's, uh, it's Ashton clip number two, maybe, DeMarco. Do you have something that says Ashton number two? That's fine. It's okay. So, all right. Uh, this is the Estonian foreign minister. He says to Catherine Ashton, he said, what was quite disturbing is that Olga, who is like, uh, she was a doctor on the front lines, I believe, was Olga. He says, what was quite disturbing is that Olga, well, the evidence shows that people who were killed by snipers from both sides, among policemen, then people from the streets. So he's talking about how uh, both the protesters and the police were killed in the Maidan. They were killed by the same snipers, killing people from both sides. That's what the guy says to her. They discovered that it was the same snipers. And she says, oh, well, uh, yeah, that's um, okay. Uh, Then the Estonian guy goes on to say, she showed me some photos. She said, as a medical doctor, she can say it's the same handwriting, so to speak, the same type of bullets. It's really disturbing uh, that now the new coalition, they don't want to investigate exactly what happened. Uh, so there's now this stronger and stronger understanding that behind the snipers... We've got the clip now, Monica. Okay. That they were... Uh, that it wasn't Yanukovych, but it was somebody else. Let's, let's listen to the clip. It's better in person. What was quite disturbing, the same Olga told that, well, all the evidence shows... Uh, the people who were killed by snipers from both sides, among policemen and, and people from the streets, that they were the same snipers killing people from both sides. Well, that's, yeah. That's. So that, and then she also showed me some photos. Uh, she said that has medical doctor, she can, you know, say that it is the same, same handwriting, the same type of bullets. And it's really disturbing that now the new uh, new coalition that they don't want to investigate what exactly happened so that there is now stronger and stronger understanding that behind snipers they were it was not Yanukovych but it was somebody from the new coalition I think they do want to investigate I mean I didn't, I didn't pick that up that's interesting Gosh. Um, so that it was in this sense disturbing that if it starts now to live its own life very powerfully that it yeah. already discreditates from very beginning also this new coalition she says, gosh, <laughs> gosh, that 
that that sure is that that is kind of funny. Yeah, no, they should they should look into that. Sure. Yeah, like oh, so you're saying somebody you know somebody shot people on both sides to start the <laughs> civil war? Wow. That's Gee, just well, yeah, crazy. Yeah, like you know, just go ahead. You know, you you guys can look into that if you want to. But in the meanwhile, you know. So this is what discredits the government in Ukraine. That's why there's still a civil war there because they know it was a coup. That's what's going on. So let's wrap it up after the break. This is Monica Perez. So uh, we have um, we have been talking about a a lot of stuff as JB <laughs> gabbed earlier. <laughs> That this show is like eating your vegetables, and she likes vegetables, (laughs) but we've been, it's been a little history lesson, and uh, I think, Binkley, you have got, you're you're kind of my litmus test, because I went through this when this first started happening. Now, you got to remember, we just played, I just, we just played a lot of clips from 2014 that betrayed uh, that the United States was behind the overthrow of the Ukrainian government and that it was effected through violent means. And, uh, and that's very serious stuff. And so where did we get those clips? Somebody leaked those calls. Yeah. I mean... A, a leaker. A leaker. Who might have done that? You know, it could have been Russians, but... I'm, I'm assuming it's Russia. I don't know who else would have had it. I remember at one point, Newland is trying to uh, respond to it. They, nobody denied it. She said, I'm not going to talk about private conversations, but man, who has, who has tapping equipment that good? Huh? Well, maybe Russia did meddle in our election. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Not our elections, but they're certainly uh, counter-meddling. I think right. the question is, are who's meddling? Who's doing the meddling, and who's doing the counter meddling? Right. <laughs> I, well, I love this idea that just because uh, information came from a certain source that is true, that it doesn't matter because it came from a source people don't like. Oh yeah, no, that's absolutely out the window. Unless it's absolutely, uh, like if I were ever on trial for something and they read emails that they had no right to, like a warrantless search or whatever, and they got around the law. I might, as a matter of principle, say I'm not responding to that because you have no right to have that information. Hear that? Spring is back, and so is Church's Seafood. With a flavorful fish sandwich or classic shrimp basket, eat starting at just $3.99. 